It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, September 22nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to get a perspective on the Flyers from somebody else, and that is Jordan Hall from NBC Sports Philly. It's good to get another voice. Exactly. All right, let's get this show going. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. That's where you will keep up to date on our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com to send us your mailbag questions. On today's show, we have a little bit of coaching firing odds from Bet Online to talk about. Then we'll get straight into our conversation with Jordan Hall from NBC Sports Philly. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening or watching over on YouTube. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It was media day yesterday, so we saw some cryptic posts with pictures of Uh, pictures being taken, videos Mm -hmm. being shot on the ice, and a little fun stuff with drones. But I'm sure we'll be seeing the results of that soon as the season gets underway. But I did want to talk about those bet online odds that you brought up with uh, coaches' odds of being fired this year and where John Tortorella falls on that list. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll I'll mention... um like the top four, because there's there's some Flyers ties. Sheldon Keefe is number one, which I do believe is right. Uh, Dave Haxtell, number two, I'm not sure I fully believe in, but okay. Uh, Dallas Aikens, three. Peter Laviolette is four. He's eight to one odds, just so you know. Sheldon Keefe was 13 mm-hmm. to two. Uh, and then John Tortorella comes in at 18 to one, so he's somewhere like, I don't know, 10, 12 on the list. And I was a, I was very surprised to see John Tortorella there. Like I know that things could be very bumpy at the beginning, and let's face it, they were when he was with the Rangers. Remember the whole water bottle incident and all of that. I don't even think anything like that will occur, but I don't think there's much that could happen that he would get fired. I don't think so either. I mean, expectations are on the floor, and there's like a new. <laughs> system he's trying to implement if anything goes wrong this season it is most certainly not going to be his fault per se now I could be eating those words but just the chances of him getting fired this season in my eyes is next to none yeah I mean could could he get so fed up with the team that he walks away I guess anything is possible in this world but I don't think it'll happen no and fired is a different thing than quit right it is but I guess as far as this goes, um, I don't know. Would you get – Would it's a great question. I don't know how it would pay out if he says I'm just I'm going into retirement instead of the team firing him. I, I'm assuming you don't get paid, but I don't know. Well, it is a good question, but it is a question that we asked Jordan Hall about uh, what he thinks Torts 
is going to bring to the team this year, plus a bunch of really good other things. So without further ado, here is that conversation. So we are thrilled to welcome back to Locked On Flyers from NBC Sports Philly, Jordan Hall. Welcome, Jordan. Rachel and Russ, thanks so much. It's great to see you guys again. Same here. Always a pleasure talking Flyers with you. I want to start off with the big picture question. And we talked about this on our show yesterday. Uh, Are the Flyers actually cursed, do you think? (laughs) It's funny because it's, it's not totally outside the box or outside the realm of possibility. Um, when you just think of what they've endured from an injury standpoint, it, it really makes you scratch your head. I remember when Joel Faraby had his next surgery in June, that even made you think like, wow, the Flyers can't even escape the injury bug in June. But then you're thinking, okay, well, as long as Sean Couturier is healthy and maybe they get Ryan Ellis back, Kevin Hayes is looking like himself again. You know, it's it's going to start to turn in the Flyers' direction, but the Flyers had 57 losses last year, and a lot of that was because they didn't have Ryan Ellis or Sean Couturier, and we're about a couple days, actually a day away from training camp, and the Flyers are not going to have those two players to start the year, it looks like. So it, it really does make you wonder, uh, what what did the Flyers do to the hockey gods? I don't believe in curses, so I, I, I don't believe in that, but... What I did want to ask you is, um, Jordan, it's been hard for us to figure out what are the Flyers, what are they marketing the team as to their fans, like identity-wise or even just, you know, what's the message? I haven't been able to figure it out. It's tough to figure out. It is. When I've had people ask me what's the draw to the Flyers this season, I, I say John Tortorella and Carter Hart. You have a young goalie that just turned 24, who I think the sky's still the limit for. Uh, a franchise goalie at the most important position in the game. And then you have a coach who has a track record of success, a track record of being entertaining, a track record of turning teams around quickly, and really a track record of making life easier on the goalie. So I think a lot of people have said the Flyers need to help Carter Hart. They've said that for the last two seasons. And now you have a coach who does have a history of doing that. So to me, those are probably their two biggest, Biggest ticket sellers is John Tortorella, who's going to be entertaining day in, day out, and Carter Hart, a young goalie. But it is tough to really get a read on what's their biggest sales pitch because they are struggling. They're coming off a season in which they lost 57 games. They have injured players. Uh, The the biggest injury, Sean Couture, the guy that's going to – was expected to be the new face of the organization now that Claude Drew's gone. So I think it's going to develop with time. Uh, But for me, it's John Tortorella and Carter Hart. That's a really interesting combination there because (laughs) the way that the game is being sold overall these days is flashiness and scoring. And those two things are neither (laughs) flashiness nor scoring. So I think it's, it is a huge challenge for this team to to market itself, but I, I think it will give some, players some additional opportunity here with the Couturier injury. So how how do you think they account for it this time around? It's such a hole. Like you see how he, his absence has such a trickle down effect on the lineup. I was looking at it today Uh, at the start. 
of the 2020-21 season, the 56-game year. Scott Lawton was the fourth-line center to open the season. Right now, he's looking like a second-line center because of the Couturier injury. He won't even be playing the wing uh, unless the Flyers make a move or do something surprising at center in Couturier's absence. So I see it being Kevin Hayes now taking on top-line responsibilities. Lawton, I believe, will shift to center full-time and he'll be either the 2C or the 3C, depending on how Morgan Frost is playing. Uh, if Morgan Frost comes out and he shows that offensive game that everyone's looking for, perhaps he jumps into a 2C role where he can play with some more talented line mates. Uh, and then after Morgan Frost, I believe it'll be Patrick Brown at 4C. So right now, I think it's just kind of plug it by committee. Uh, that's not a pretty approach, but I'm not sure the Flyers are in a spot to go out and try to make a loud move, whether it be via trade. I think they just need to figure out what they have first uh, when John Tortorella opens his camp and then go from there. Uh, that's just kind of the reality of the flyer situation. We'll be back with more with Jordan Hall coming up next. But first we want to talk about our friends that we talked about earlier at bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So two questions for you, Jordan. First one should be easy. Do you like your pre-pandemic, you know, the pandemic hair that you had or your current <laughs> haircut better? Which one? I liked your pandemic hair. I'll be honest. Russ, I remember when you saw that, you were like, hey, I, I dig I dig the hair. I dig the flow. Yeah, that got really long, and that was the longest I've ever had it in my life. <laughs> I'm going to say the short hair because it's just easier. It's yeah. easier to keep out of your face. Uh, once the, the warm weather rolled around, I couldn't wear like a snow hat to kind of keep it intact. So I, I, I'm going to go Welcome short. to my world, Jordan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really made me think what women go through on a day-to-day -day basis with their hair. It's It's... Like it, it that really... awkward middle length is the worst. Yeah. So That's I'm going to go short hair. You can wake up and it can okay. be what it is. So when you look at this team and the PTOs that have come in, even though they're at 49 contracts, they have a lot more veterans than I think they should considering they have young talent and considering this coach doesn't know the young talent very well. You know, what are the odds that, three young players could start the season that hadn't before. I think the odds are against it. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I feel like you should be looking at young players because that was Chuck Fletcher's pitch when they didn't go after Johnny Goudreau was that they had a lot of young players up front that they had to see if they can play or not. And I think they are at that time with guys like Wade Allison, Tanner Lazinski, some older four-year college guys that, yeah, you really need to figure out if they're any chellers and they can stay healthy mm -hmm. and help you or if they're not. Uh, same with Morgan Frost, some other guys like Isaac Ratcliffe. So I want to see young kids play now because I don't think there's really an expectation for them to be near the top of the Metropolitan Division standings. I think people are starting to realize the reality of the Flyers right now. And, and that's a team that doesn't look like it's going to contend. It's going to be in a transitional phase. So, I want to see some younger players 
or not even younger players, but guys that you're still looking to finally see if they're going to be full-time NHLers. If they're healthy, right. let them play. Um, I think the veteran presence of the PTOs is good. It, it fuels competition. It gives you a security blanket if, if you realize some of these young players aren't ready yet. But I, I'm hoping they look toward their youth, Russ. Guys like Noah Cates and Wade yep. And I would love to see them in the season opening lineup if they if they're needed. Uh, I, I hope those kids push because I think the Flyers are in that spot where you really need to figure out what they have. Yeah, one of the guys that I'm especially focused on and concerned about on that front is Cam York because there's a distinct possibility that he is going to be the odd man out in the defensive pairings, especially if Tortorella thinks Nick Sealer is his guy for that bottom pairing. And I, I just have to wonder if at this point is sending him down to Lehigh Valley. Sure. It gets him more minutes, but does he, can he learn anything more from that at this point? Yeah. You really think he's probably conquered that level. I remember he said that about college when he decided to leave after his sophomore year at Michigan, he, he was honest and just said, I don't think I can do anything else at the college level. And I thought that was a fair and honest answer that he felt the next step was pro hockey. I think he's ready for the Flyers. I think he's poised to help now. And I think the Flyers are going to push that toward John Tortorella. I think they're going to be in his ear that we believe this kid is ready now. He's played enough NHL games. Uh, he's strong enough. And he's ready to, to help at this level. I've heard a lot of things about John Tortorella being good with young players, that he pushes them and he gets the best out of them. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how much he relies on veteran guys compared to young players. Like, will he trust a young player in a, in a tough spot? Will a young player be in his doghouse maybe early on if he makes a mistake? Or will he give them more leash? But Cam York, I think, is ready now. And he's such an important player to this Flyers regime. He was their first ever draft pick. Um, and the Flyers regime's kind of in a prove-it mode. They've had now some drafts build up and people are going to start looking at their draft picks to be performers. And I think Cam York really headlines that he's their first ever pick. Uh, he fills a need in terms of puck moving defensemen guys that get them out of the defensive zone and orchestrate the attack. So I'm hoping that Cam York is in the picture because I think the flyers need him to be, but uh, he will certainly be in a competition with Nick Sealer because we know John Tortorella likes defensively sound teams that play hard and, and and protect their goalie. And Nick Sealer is a guy that does that. Yeah, with drafting and development, it's a good point. I think fans do look for um, – they're going to start looking for some improvement there. But we know the Flyers are going to fall back on, on toughness, which, again, really – we only really see toughness like what they're trying to do in the playoffs. But they're going to do it in the regular season. And I kind of wonder – with Antoine Roussel coming in and being so confident that he is going to get that last contract, it makes me wonder, can him, Nick Delorier, and, and Zach McEwen really exist in the same lineup and have it really be productive? I don't think he can, but I'm curious what you're feeling it. It's true. Like you, you want to be tougher to play against, and I do think the Flyers need to be. Uh, but at the end of the day, you also need some skill, and you need some guys to go out and make plays. And you can only rely so much on those – gritty third and fourth line guys that do all the right things and, you know, aren't going to get pushed around. So I feel like Nick Delorier was a nice little addition there mm -hmm. to add to that. I, I do think there's an element of toughness needed in the NHL to this day. 
feel like the Flyers probably did lack that. Not as much last year, but the year before that in the shortened season. So I, I do think there's an element needed there, but you you can only get so much of it. And I, I hope and think that they're going to have enough of it with Rasmus Ristolainen, with Nick Delorier, with Zach McEwen. And hopefully they'll have guys that are tougher to play against from a style standpoint, not just push you around and get in your face, just 200-foot hockey, play in the offensive zone, keep the puck in the offensive zone. Guys like Scott Lawton can do that. Guys like Cam Atkinson can do that. Guys that drive play and make sure that puck stays down there. Sean Couturier was the prime example of doing that. They're not going to have yeah. him right now. But uh, so, Russ, I, I, I do think it'll be a really good storyline to follow to see what Antoine Roussel can do. Can he prove that he that the Flyers need more of that? Um, he played last year and played for the Coyotes and I think did some decent things. But uh, it will be really interesting to see how the Flyers balance that these got these PTO guys against their kids. One follow up. So one guy who's not a kid who we really don't know how it's going to work out with him and John Tortorella would be JVR. And the fact that he's still here, he'll never talk about it, but I'm sure there's some awkwardness. And I kind of wonder now uh, with him in this lineup with the kind of coach that wants him to play like he wants him to play away from the puck. What do you think JVR's role is going to end up being on this team? That will be fascinating. I, I had someone ask me if there was a player that wouldn't really mesh with John Tortorella, who who might it be? And off the top of my head, it was James Van Riemsdyk, just because of the style in which he plays. I, I do not think he's a, a lazy player. No. I think he's a pro. I think he goes about his business in a really good way to the point where he's a good example for some of the younger guys. But he is an offensive-minded guy that I think picks and chooses um, his spots in terms of when to turn it up and when to maybe know how to maybe turn it back. And John Tortorella is such a max, 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 all the time kind of guy. Like, constantly have your legs moving. No one's no one's um, too good to have their legs moving and playing that forechecking, get-after-you style. So I wonder if there's going to be moments where James Van Riem's, like style or, or his play clashes with a John Tortorella, and how will – how will JVR react to it? And how will also John Tortorella know when to pick and choose his spots with JVR? Like when, how to, like, should I be hard on him or should I know that's the way he plays and he can be very good for us when he's, when he's clicking and, and providing the offense in front of the net. So without a doubt though, I will be fascinated by his role. And I really think he needs to be a top six player at this point. Uh, just given where the depth is, you know, over the last two seasons, he looked, it was looking more like a third line player at times. Right now, I think he probably needs to be in your top six. Yeah. I think the Flyers need to rely on him. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting thing to observe because I just wonder at what point, like if a clash arises in terms of JVR's playing style, will Torts bump him down the lineup? And how is he going to take that? I think that's the huge question here, right? Because JVR... I mean, while, you know, he doesn't put forth the greatest effort defensively, let's say, no. um, you know, he does take pride in his game. And so he knows what he's good at and he goes after those moments. So I, I am very curious about that as well. But like conversely, obviously Cam Atkinson knows how to play under torts but i'm wondering if there's anybody on the team besides him that you think will now thrive under that kind of environment 
I could see Travis Konechny. He's a guy that I think about when I think of a John Tortorella pushing a player to another level. Travis Konechny had a really great first year under Alain Vigneault. And Alain Vigneault is kind of a similar guy to Tortorella in the sense that he's going to look for 200-foot qualities. He's going to want guys playing the same way, forechecking to death. And Travis Konechny thrived under that. He he started scoring goals. He blossomed. He was he had obviously his career all-star season under Alain Vigneault that first year. So I could see John Tortorella getting a lot more out of Konechny uh, just by pushing him, asking for more. And I feel like Konechny is a guy that probably needs, probably gets, he his game probably goes to another level when he's challenged and when he's ticked off and he's getting in people's faces and, you know, being that agitator that everyone loves. Uh, I feel like he thrives on that. He plays better that way. Uh, so I think Travis Konechny is a guy I could, without a doubt, see kind of reestablishing that goal scoring, that playmaking, being that consistent guy that, people got used to in 2019-20. We're going to wrap up with Jordan coming up next. We're going to talk about Lehigh Valley as well as the best case scenario for this team and then wrap up with our Flyers fun thing. So Jordan, um, without having that really marquee young player like a McKinnon or, you know, some homegrown player, the Flyers are getting a lot of nationally televised games. And I kind of wonder, fans don't seem like they're looking forward to it. Because look, I'll be honest, you could see the shirt I'm wearing. If this team stinks when they run national TV all the time, you hear the national guys just killing the team. And I do kind of wonder uh, how that's going to play. They're going to put a lot of focus certainly on John Tortorella, but then they're going to be talking about all these other things. And there's a multitude of things you could be talking about with the way the front office and the injuries and everything. Do you think it's good for that many national TV games? I think it's, it's a bad idea, but I wonder if they're doing it, if the networks are doing it because there'll be a lot to talk about. That's a great point. Yeah. I don't love it for the flyers and I'm not sure I love it for those national uh, outlets because I mean, yeah, the flyers could be a team that's not going to score a lot of goals. I mean, there was times last year where, you know, I couldn't help but think like, wow, this is a little bit boring hockey. You know, it's mm -hmm. low scoring, like they're working hard. And like, I can mm -hmm. at least look at the effort and say, listen, these guys are trying. But a lot of times, even Mike Yo admitted that they didn't have an NHL lineup many nights. Yeah. And it resulted in 1-1 one -one games that were relatively boring at times. The crowd wasn't into it. We know they're probably going to struggle a little bit with tickets again this year. Yeah. So it, it, it wasn't interesting. Uh, it was very interesting to see them get this many national games. I do feel like maybe a lot of people thought John Torrella could be very interesting for those games. Uh, that whole, you know, sometimes people love to see pressure and turmoil in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that makes for good television <laughs> and, and it makes for entertainment. Uh, when, when Philly's struggling and they're firing people or there's buzz about the Flyers being bad, sometimes that sells in the national uh, spotlight. So perhaps that that's what is going to happen. And I, I guess, you know, a lot of national outlets still see Philadelphia against Boston or Philly against New York as intriguing still, or Philly against Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. You know, I think people still see those those brand names and markets still being intriguing, uh, de de despite how the team is playing. So maybe that's going to be the draw. But I was, Russ, I'm with you. I was very, um, I was a bit surprised to see them get that many national yeah. games. 
I figured maybe they would dip, but apparently Philly, I guess, still sells good or bad. Uh, speaking of that, I think one of the things they are going to try and sell is Tony D'Angelo, yeah. uh, because that was, I think, the marquee p- pickup for better or worse uh, this offseason. And what do you think about that top pairing potential of him with Provi? Another big storyline in my mind is how those two will get along. And I'm not saying they're going to clash or argue, but they're two different type of competitors. Um, We know Provrov, Ivan Provrov takes a ton of pride in his game. And so does Tony D'Angelo. They're both Provrov's maybe a, he's a fiery competitor that kind of keeps it inside. D'Angelo is a fiery competitor. Except at the end of the year, he didn't keep it inside them. No, he did not. <laughs> he did not. And I, I think that his end of the season press conference was an example of that he didn't take last year well. And he, he didn't love the criticism he probably received from the media. Uh, and, and maybe there was some stuff in-house with Ivan Provorov. And you got to think that's going to really fuel him this year. And then you have Tony D'Angelo, who is known to be a fiery guy on the ice. And that competition fuels him to, to no end. So we all know how communication, how important it is for a top pair uh, defensively. And we heard that, that Ivan Provrov and Ryan Ellis were building this great, this great relationship before the start of last season, that they were clicking, they were eating breakfast together, they were getting there at the rink at the same time. So I will be fascinated to see how Tony D'Angelo and Ivan Provrov work together, how they will deal with failure together, how they will deal with success together. Uh, To me, I'm more interested to see about failure because that's part of the game, especially when you're on the ice as much as those two will be. And I think it'll it'll be a challenge for them to, to fall forward to, you know, when they fail, make sure they use it in a positive way uh, because that will be crucial. They're going to rely on those two. uh, Tony D'Angelo in particular, given that he's kind of filling the Ryan Ellis void right now. So certainly something to watch uh, game in and game out. So one more thing that we've been talking a lot about on the show is Ian LaPerriere and where he fits in to the player development portion of the Flyers. And it'll be his second year as head coach of the Phantoms, where if things go according to what we were just talking about here with not a lot of the kids getting spots on on the big team, they'll be spending a lot of time in Lehigh Valley. Uh, I think... Do you have any concerns about that first off? And then what do you think he needs to accomplish this season in Lehigh Valley? That's a great question. It, it, it's, and it's a good question in my mind because Ian LaPerriere was hired in, in some part because he had a very good relationship with Elaine Vigneault and the Flyers wanted to sort of sync up their systems at the minor league level and at the NHL level. Well, suddenly his his boss, Elaine Vigneault, is no longer here, and now it's John Tortorella. So he's, you know, Ian LaPerriere said Tortorella met with him and said, hey, play your game, play your system. I'm going to worry about my team up here. You have to win down there. But I will be very interested to see how how Ian LaPerriere tries to play what John Tortorella is doing up at the NHL level. Uh, development will be crucial, and I think winning will be important down in Lehigh Valley. They need to get back to winning down there. And I think Ian LaPerriere is going to have some prospects that are important guys, guys that are going to be good young players that need to, to do the right things down there and get them prepared for John Tortorella's way of doing things. 
So he's going to have, I think, a little bit more at his fingertips, and they're going to expect a little bit more. But I, I believe in Ian LaPerriere as a development guy. I think he can develop some young guys. I think the way he played and and how he was such a work ethic-driven guy, I think that can be good for young players. Um, And I think he does have a nice blend of lightheartedness and leadership. I think, you know, he'll know when to, to relate with players uh, in a lighthearted way and he'll know when to push him and demand more from them. But uh, yes, I think he will have a lot more to learn this year. Uh, he's never been a head coach in hockey other than last year. So I think the Flyers will be looking for, for him to learn and, and really get more out of some of these young players. So certainly a, a storyline to keep an eye on throughout the year. And uh, just to wrap up here, Jordan, what do you think is the best case scenario for the Flyers? this? I will say just improvement from a goal prevention standpoint and from a system standpoint. They gave up the most goals in hockey along with the Devils over the last two seasons. Uh, so I think you just need to cut down that figure. I believe it was 3.52 over the last two seasons, tied with the Devils. That's just too many goals against. I think if you tighten things up defensively and start to figure out that part of the game, offense can come naturally. So, you know, I'm not looking for the Flyers to light up the scoreboard and be playoff contenders. I just think they need to get back to playing a little bit more defensively sound hockey. And if you take some strides there, you'll win some more games. You'll become more entertaining for fans and you can take a step in the right direction. But very much in my mind, this is a transitional season for the Flyers. Uh, I do I do see them missing the playoffs for a third straight year, but if they can take s- steps in the right direction, uh, I-, I think fans will start to buy back in. And if you look at John Torella with some of his teams, you know, he didn't always get them going right away. I mean, his Lightning team in his first full season was not a playoff team, and then the next year made the playoffs, following year again, and then before you know it, they were cup cup winners. He really took – he really took that team to another level, but it yeah. took some time. So patience will be important, and it will be tough to ask Flyers fans to be patient again. But uh, I think Tortorella, with some time, can kind of get them moving in the right direction again. Excellent. Jordan, thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you out there? Rachel and Russ, thank you so much. Great seeing you guys. Always enjoy talking with you. And people can find my work at NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com, or they can follow me on Twitter at NBCS. All right. Once again, thanks to Jordan Hall for joining us. Lots of interesting perspectives that are slightly different than what we have talked about. So always appreciate you know a different eye on things. Yeah, he was great. He's always fun to talk to. Uh, he's just really good, very knowledgeable, uh, really covers things very well. He absolutely does. Uh, our Flyers fun thing today is from the Flyers visit to the Phillies game where they took in some batting practice and were there for the game as well. I think a lot of Phillies fans were upset because they feel like the Flyers may curse the Phillies. And lo and behold, they lost 18 to 11. Listen, they've been losing anyhow. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Don't put that on the Flyers. (laughs) What what I always look at is, though, um, when they're taking batting practice, you know, they're going to get a lot of pitches kind of grooved to them. And it looked like Justin Braun was there. I think I saw him. Mm -hmm. And he to me, looked like he had the best chance of being a decent hitter. Konechny looked pretty good, too, as far as just the yeah. stills that I saw. Yeah, and Konechny looked like he bulked up a little bit, too. Which was, It does uh, look like he put on about five pounds of muscle. I agree with that. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that was good to see. All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to talk more about training camp and preview the first preseason matchup against the Boston Bruins. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. So stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.